This is Connie. And this is Janice. And you're listening to But Where Are You Really From? on 89.1 FM WNYU. In our show, we'll discuss the issues facing Asian Americans as individuals who experience injustice but also perpetuate it. Welcome back. Hope you have been taking care of yourselves and taking care of one another. Today, we're going to be talking about our experiences within and around Asian Christian churches and also tension that we felt being Asian American and Christian. On top of grappling with Christianity's history of oppression, we'll also be kind of examining and uncovering um, some of the conflations that are made of Christianity and morality, or I guess like religion in general and morality. It's rare for me to see conversations about the pretty dicey history of Christianity and also the weird parts of organized religion. From what I've seen, these conversations lack the nuance it needs. Like it seems like there isn't really much acknowledgement of the social forces that affect how religion is practiced, especially among Christians. And so because of the like unique vantage point that we have as to East Asian Christians, East Asian American Christians, we wanted to have one of those more nuanced conversations about that. This isn't as much trying to be a persuasion of any sort as much as it just is just like an honest look at where we are. Yeah, and before you get into listening to this episode, we just want to let you know that we're just going to be talking through our experiences. And since we are both Christians, we just want you to know that we believe that God has made a huge impact in the trajectories of our lives. And so that will probably be a big theme. It's your favorite segment. Today's fun fact is not as much like a story from our past. It's just what we've been reading lately because we've been doing a lot more reading than we have been like in the past year, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, drag ourselves. <laughs> yeah, so I've been reading Feel Free, which is a collection of essays by Zadie Smith. Wow. <laughs> it's really weird because everyone thinks that they can talk to you if you're holding a book by her because, mm. I don't know, I just feel like everyone's like, oh my god. And so I've had people just be like, I have class with her. And then... I've had, like, a professor tell me, like, I'm her neighbor. She just gave me a copy of that book. All right, all right, all right. Everyone stop flexing about your connection to Zadie Smith. Yeah, like, I feel like everyone feels like they can do that. And so that's interesting. And then I've also been reading Underground by Haruki Murakami. Wow. Which is about the Tokyo gas attacks in the 90s, I believe. He just interviewed 60 people about their experiences. I've been reading two things that I've been meaning to read for a while. The first, and probably the thing that I gravitate a little more naturally towards, is Becoming by Michelle Obama. We love her. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I want to. I, yeah, I just keep like interrupting Janice from whatever she's doing, and I'm like, Michelle just said this. I remember one time I was like, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> right. We're Michelle on a first who? name basis. <laughs> The other book that I've been reading is Nietzsche's The Birth of Tragedy. Yes, <laughs> we love an old white man, old dead white man. It was recommended to me by someone close to me. So I know how much it like means to them. But Nietzsche makes so it's like chock full of references to like 
classical Greek stuff. And a lot of that I don't understand. I mean, my limited knowledge is from like Percy Jackson. (laughs) And so I don't know anything. I'm like not quite sure if I get like the full scope of what he's trying to say. Mm. Anyway, that was fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) So to start off, we're going to be talking a little bit about our background with the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the church my parents went to in elementary school. It was like a huge Korean church back in Southern California. (laughs) I would just go every week with my parents. And I stopped going once my parents stopped going, which was around when I entered junior high. And then I went to a different, much smaller Korean church that I lived near for about a year in high school. By yourself? By myself, yeah. Wow. How about you? I also went to the church my parents went to because that's the only thing you can do when you're a baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's a cool story. Like we were out on like a picnic outing, like me and my family, and then this group of like Asian families were having a potluck like really near us and they saw us being alone. And they were like, come join us. And Mm. so we did. And that's how we, like, joined our church. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. And it's like, my parents still go there. It was um, Atlanta Chinese Christian Church, Northwest. I feel like every Asian church has, like, that name. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to what you said about how your parents just spontaneously joined a church because people invited them over, Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of hospitality is one of the hallmarks of Asian Christian churches, especially. Yeah, like either gathering out for like public potlucks or doing like those home group things. Yeah, like I remember as a kid growing up, my parents would always go to someone's house or host a bunch of people at our house like once Mm -hmm. a week. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess it's a lot. It's a big commitment, but that's like a huge part of their church life. Yeah, and they always seem, like, super happy to do it. Mm. It's never, like, a a burdensome type thing. Yeah, actually. Yeah, but I think, ironically, something I struggled with was, like, finding friends. I mean, I was only a kid. Were there other kids? Yeah, there were other kids, but, like, no one wanted to play with me. Why? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I was weird or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it's good you can laugh at it now. I don't know. I mean, I... I felt like I had, like, a close, like, tight-knit group of friends, but that, like, group was kind of disturbed because of the relationships that the parents had with each other. Like, mm, I mean, I don't want to, like, out my mom, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's natural that you get along with some people better than others, and so that carried on, like, into the relationship that the kids had with each other. Right. I mean, I guess... I felt that, not necessarily in the context of my own life, but I've definitely seen it happen Mm. to other kids. True. Where, like, kids would just get caught up in their parents' drama within the church, Mm. and it's, like, this whole thing. Yeah. So it's, like, this constant, like, I keep saying tension, but, yeah, tension between, like, Asian people's, like, value of hospitality against, like, the clickiness that always seems to surface up in these communities. Yeah, because I remember when I joined the church, like, the different church in high school, like, I was only there for a year, and, like, everyone 
in that like youth ministry had already grown up together and so I found it really hard to feel like I had a place in the community. Mm. I don't know if that has anything to do with being Asian, but it just felt like I could never really settle down there just because I'd miss so much or something like that. I don't know. And it's like such a bummer that this clickiness finds its way into like the church because it's not supposed to be there. Like it's supposed to be this community where everyone's like helping everyone else out and mm. like very selfless and like it's all about love. Right. Which is weird because, yeah, like Asian culture and then Christian culture just get like mashed up. And so I was wondering if you ever had the experience of like your parents kind of like using Christianity or God, God or God. <laughs> Are <laughs> or, you a New Yorker? <laughs> or like God <laughs> to like tell you to do something and like hold it against you. That's actually, I feel like my parents never did that kind of, like, Christian parenting. You're so lucky. Where they would, like, pull out a verse and be like, yeah, so you have to do this one thing. It's like God wants you to do. But I know that happens to, like, tons of kids. Myself included. (laughs) Good times. Yeah, there were, like, kids who, when we were all, like, did everything together. We went to church together. We went to Chinese school together. We did SAT prep together. Art class, even. So it's just, like, all these things that, like, church just becomes, like, an extracurricular. Mm. And my parents are like, God wants you to go to SAT class. Or, <laughs> like, God wants you to not go to church today because you need to write your college app. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Is that biblical? <laughs> yeah. I think that ideally the cultures coexisting, like, East Asian cultures and then Christian culture or Jesus culture would produce fruit that is just like we are just like hospitable and gracious and we're not clicky because mm. jesus wasn't clicky he hung out with like literally everyone yeah and so i think that would be kind of an element of like i think culture in general like how people interact with one another and how they like kind of band together that could just be like redeemed to be something that is loving mm. but on the other hand practicing christianity and being asian american in america is pretty weird because Christianity has for a long time now been used as like a vessel for oppression and also erasure of other cultures. And so it can also make me have like an out of body experience when I think about like how I, while trying to fight against like the erasure of my own culture, am participating in it like for other people. Yeah, that was something that I thought about a lot more a few years ago when I was more unsure about my faith and I think it's something that I still have trouble coming to terms with because I think a lot about how colonialism just affects people generationally and like as a Korean person I think about Japan colonial rule over Korea and it happened in like the beginning of the 20th century But it's something that my mom has, like, told me about before. And, like, she didn't overlap because she was born, like, after the war and everything. It's just hard for me to come to terms with the fact that I'm practicing a religion that has done this to other people. Because I don't think Japan colonial rule necessarily had anything to do with Christianity. But it's more so the concept that just, like, kind of tugs at me in a compelling way. I have a lot of thoughts about organized religion where 
I feel like I'm iffy about Christianity, not because of the faith or the belief in God, but because of its organized religion aspect. I feel like it adds so much work onto our load where it's like we have to call out injustice as we see it. On the other hand, like checking it for where we are like perpetrators of injustice, right? But then we have to do that within the realm of like Christianity in which you would hope that we wouldn't have to do because caring for social justice and like valuing like the poor and like the needy and trying to meet them is one of the central things that like Jesus is remembered for and yet we have to do that on like both fronts and it's just so frustrating to be like I can't even like call out injustice to other Christian people without it being like this whole thing like because they could like you said use the bible and interpret it in such a way that Mm -hmm. is corrupted yeah and i guess there's just like a lot of context that needs to be put on the history of christianity itself and also how these things pop up in the bible it's also just strange to practice christianity especially when it's become or it's been claimed as kind of like a white religion yeah because there are there's this like intermingling between whiteness and christianity and i think that's where white evangelicals like that that's where all that comes from you know just that like white supremacy with christianity and those two things like aren't supposed to mix and yet somehow like they are one thing now yeah and i feel like that's sometimes a stereotype with which a lot of people just view Christianity as a whole. I mean, we were having a conversation about just even the word evangelism and how it's kind of like been tainted by how it's supposed to like cover this like spectrum of political views when I don't think that's what it's for. But also like the dissemination of like this idea because when like I share about my experiences and how like I've met God or encountered God and how he's changed me. I just want to share this with you because it's been so good. But then there's also this like oppressive other side of the coin where it's like you are wrong and I'm right. And that's why I'm telling you this. Mm, Yeah. And I always like felt really averse to that even like growing up as a kid because I remember my church would give out these little pamphlets for Halloween instead of candy that says like, oh, you should accept Jesus as your savior and I don't know. I always just thought that that kind of like broad swath of evangelism felt kind of brainwashy and culty, mm-hmm. but that's definitely so far from what sharing your faith looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. There's definitely just like a lot of corrupted language there and a loss of meaning, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of I feel like the need to do a lot of distancing from myself first like distancing myself from like white people because as east asians i think we like reap a lot of the benefits that stereotypically like white people do in terms of like socioeconomic status and stuff like that and then also i feel the need to like distance myself from like that sect of christianity like how Mm -hmm. it's being used there yeah and it feels like very exhausting at times yeah because i just feel like i'm always trying to prove to other people that yeah, I'm Christian, but I'm not that Christian, Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to do that to you if you've had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And so 
yeah, it just always feels like I'm trying to qualify myself or defend myself when that's like not even the point. Like religion or just faith isn't supposed to be about that, but it's become like that. Or at least I feel like that's how both of us kind of live it out or like think about it, I guess, when yeah. we interact with other people. It's really hard, like just feeling like the space that we exist in, we exist in it like very apologetically. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's where we're just going to have to like start wrapping up like our conversation, even though there's so much more that we could say. I think that the takeaway, it's not it's not that we're going to be like continue to exist in this space where we just like feel like super sorry for practicing this religion because like both of us have had just very real like encounters with God. And I can say with complete certainty in my heart that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, like, their heart is for, like, social justice and for peace and for love. And so I think that what we can do is just continue to call out, like, these things when we see them. And also be, like, constantly, like, examining ourselves. Yeah. Like, it's just something that we just can't ignore or we shouldn't ignore And I feel like religion also comes with a lot of just assumptions packed into it of, like, stereotypes and, you know, it's stuff that even people who practice a religion aren't immune to. There are probably tons of spiritual people who pass judgment on other people who are also just spiritual but, like, of a different faith. Mm. And so we also want to acknowledge that practicing a religion is, you know, it's, like, livelihood. It's it can be super dangerous and there's so much hate and violence out there that you know are directed towards people who practice certain faiths just because of you know what they believe in or how they look with that we actually want to make the next episode about interfaith solidarity and so we'll be inviting someone who is of a different faith than us and just have a conversation with them about what interfaith solidarity might look like, what a successful interfaith community... Like how it operates. Yeah, how we can, you know, best respect one another, things like that. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. This was But Where Are You Really From on 89.1 FM WNYU. Thanks for listening.